Heiston is currently part of Amazon's 2015 pilot season. Let's put 27 minutes on the clock. Pilot study with Chris and Grimes. They're talking all of your favorite shows. But only the pilot episode that means the first show. In case you didn't know. Well, you never know what show they're gonna talk about. But they're only gonna talk about the first one. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study Episode 5. I am your host, my name is Chris Lantinen, and I am joined, as always, he's got beef with everybody, he's just kind of an angry guy, his name is Grimes. Hello, sir. We got 27 minutes here on the clock, but that doesn't mean that we are going to not save time for everybody's favorite segment at this point. And it's it's Grimes Got Beef. Grimes does got beef, man. Every week I have a legit beef. Okay, so I'm going to put some parameters on you this time for your beef. One, okay. your beef cannot concern who this person is dating. It, oh. has, it, it has to be incredibly objective, this criticism. Okay. okay. You know, we don't want to get personal, even though we don't know this person. But with that in mind, your beef this week is with... Mr. Colin Jost of <laughs> SNL and Weekend Update. I'm sure he's some kind of head writer. I'm sure Seth Meyers gave him that along with his looks and personality. <laughs> uh, why do I have beef with Jost? Well, as you know, I'm in the midst of a SNL boycott. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have been wanting to get this show out of my system like a terrible ex-girlfriend for like 10 years now. And then, of course, I met you, and we started talking about it. Every week, we would recap it. And so far, I haven't watched it this year. Um, but today, I did learn. I know I'm, I'm already breaking your rule, because today, you told me that he is dating Rashida Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and I just can't. I already didn't like him, because, you know, SNL, like, first of all, they had Trump on. Right. And you can't have a blatant racist on. Like, you can't promote that. I, don't, I can't believe Lauren Michaels would do that. I mean, that guy is a poster child for, like, the liberal baby boomer movement. Did, have you seen the Larry David, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm, like, little, they, they put music to the, the the final part of SNL, and it was just him standing by Trump looking totally depressed? I have not seen this, okay, but you I need, like You need to see this, because it's pretty much a perfect ending of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I know that Larry David has been appearing sporadically as Bernie Sanders. Yes, he's been. And that's killing me missing that. Okay, so just a little history here. Yeah, you love SNL. It's like your favorite. It's like your favorite pastime. I won't say it's your favorite show, but it's like our our pastime is to talk about SNL. The yeah. Day, the day after it happens, and when, yeah, we, when, I think most, when we watch it on Hulu. Right, and I think most comedy nerds or comedy geeks or whatever I am, comedy people uh, love SNL. It's the pinnacle. If you're an improv, that's your jam. That's what you want to be. If you're a stand-up, you think you're going to be like the Norm McDonald or Chris Rock on there. But yeah, it's just I can't stomach SNL. I can't take Joe's. I, like, I liked Seth Meyers once. I don't need him twice. What is the difference, really? <laughs> now, is there one? Is, is this the most episodes you've missed consecutively, consecutively since you got out of the Army? Yes, for sure. I haven't missed one since I've been out of the army. I don't even think I missed them when I was in there, because um, I was doing all my training and stuff during the summer. So yeah, like I had, 
That's I mean, I guess when I was in Korea, I didn't get it. But every I've watched every one except for like the O2 Fall of O2. That's how inc- that's how deep this beef is running right now. Yeah, and I can't I can't like first of all, I hate millennials basically except you and your like <laughs> and so they're ruining my jam. So you, you you don't like Jost, you don't like Che, you don't like Leslie Jones. Those are like your three main offenders, I feel like. First of all, I I like Leslie Jones. I just don't think she's fun. Like, how is just screaming funny? She kind of came in with like the whole Keenan Thompson. We don't have any black ladies deal. Not like that's why she's. But she's like forty eight years old too. Who she just? Is? She's been in the game a long time. Well, what you're saying is that when Keenan Thompson said that we don't have any African Americans on the cast, she was added along with uh, Zameda. And wasn't there one other person added during that during that, that was, controversy? She's gone. Hmm, gotcha. She's on a recent WTF, I believe. But I could have that timeline a little off. My point, getting back to the beef with Jost, I feel that SNL has taken a serious nosedive for the past decade. I think everyone thinks that. Or you like the time that you like, and all the other times suck. Mm-hmm. And so Jost, to me, just signifies, like, all right, we all, it's so meta now. Like, we all know we're on SNL. We're doing these parodies that are kind of a parody of a parody from 1995. Like, none of these donks, kids, <laughs> millennials, know anything about, like, politics or the 90s or anything. They're just, like, copying a copy at this point, And I think it sucks. No. And I think Post Jost is the poster child for it. Because he is a copy of a copy of Seth Meyers. Now, let's let's look at it this way. We've had Tina Fey, Jimmy Fallon, Amy Poehler, Seth Meyers as like our last update hosts. Mm -hmm. And then to follow that up, to follow up what's been a pretty strong legacy, we get Colin Jost. Yeah, terrible. I mean, look at that. That is like, and I mean, think about like, Marin was supposed to be Norm's successor. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me Jost is in that vein? Like, how, what is edgy about Colin Jost besides the edge of his, the part in his hair? You really just love Marin, though, and you wanted to bring that oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I would love Marin to just be on everything. I would love 90 minutes of Marin to be SNL every week. That's true. That's true. But, All right. Uh, All right. That's I'm, cu- I'm, I'm cutting your beef off. Sorry, man. You you went too far. You you <laughs> went you went right after the jugular of Jost. You brought up the one thing I told you not to bring up. Sorry. Had to do it. How could that be, though? I don't know. I don't know. Let's uh, let's talk Heiston. So, <laughs> Hi- Heiston is a program named after its title character, much like a previous episode called Ferris Bueller. But Heiston is a show where a young man named Heiston sees celebrities. He is the whole basically the whole pilot episode is whether or not he should be institutionalized, and by his very irresponsible parents. <laughs> And the reason he is being institutionalized or being asked to go to a mental mental institution is because he sees celebrities and they give him advice. Like, in the pilot episode, he sees Flea and Shaq, but in the past he has mentioned Oprah, um, Madonna, who told him always to wear a condom, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> and a whole bunch, of other, whole bunch of other celebrities. Bill Gates, who eats a lot, apparently. Uh, I can't remember. What were the other celebrities he's seen? Um, well, I wrote down Flea and Shaq just because they were the only ones in this episode. Madonna, um, Oprah. I don't remember any others. There were a couple more maybe, but... They, 
trouble recalling. They named a bunch of really famous people because they'll never be able to get them on the show. Right, right. So they named them as showing up before the show started. So that's our general synopsis of this tale, and I'm going to let you take it over. What was your initial impressions of this episode when he finished? Is it something that you would want to see carry on? Because, again, this is another part of our Amazon series where you kind of vote on it afterwards, and we kind of are part of the decision process. So that's going to be a big part of this. Right. Well, I, I definitely took that into mind as I was watching, and I would say as we're doing this Amazon series, I like this show a lot more than I like TIG as a TV show. Uh, we discussed that show mm-hmm. last time, and we thought maybe it would be a better movie. My only concern with this show <clears throat> excuse me, is that, like you said, can they continue to get enough quality cameos that it's good? I mean, in this pilot here, we have Flea, who's, who was awesome. And Shaq, who was kind of like, okay, it's cool, it's Shaq. He's famous, but, eh, you know? So I wonder, you know, if we're getting three, four seasons deep, who are they going to be getting? Is this going to be, like, a podcast that's really hot at first, and then years later they're getting, like, randos and (laughs) down the street and, like, their buddies? Like, who are they going to be able to get? Now, as the show gets bigger, if it becomes famous and people are into it, you know, I think that would entice camp. It was more, but it is an Amazon show, so it's kind of like hit or miss. But I would watch it. I liked it a lot. I would say that it's a much stronger premise than One Mississippi, and probably a much stronger premise than really any of the than many of the pilots that we've discussed so far. Mm-hmm. And but it could fall apart very quickly by choosing bad cameos. Like obviously, right. Flea and Shaq; those are splashy choices. Flea, who I agree with you, is kind of the star of this episode. It's kind of like easily, he's easily the best part to me. I don't know right. how you felt about him. But I mean, if they're just bringing on like other people from Amazon shows, it's kind of like cross promotion and they're bringing on Jim Parsons and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. like popular people in TV land. I don't know if it's going to quite work out. I think they would need to select their cameos really carefully, like a David Cross or a John Hamm or, you know, an athlete who has a little more who's a little more offbeat than Shaq. Like, the show's tone is so offbeat that they couldn't just bring, like, random, straight-playing type of people into the proceedings. It has to be people that jive with the tone they've created, which we can talk about in a second. So I think it's, it would have a lot to do with those cameos, more so than any other show I can ever remember. Yeah, they're making break. <laughs> yeah, they literally make, they literally make or break this show. But I... Th- so Flea, he comes in, and he's got a ton of energy. He has a couple really funny stories. One about a strip club that I can't quite remember, but I do remember laughing at it quite a I bit. I laughed a lot. Has Flea, has he acted before? Like, what, what has he, he has been acted. in? What has he been in? Uh, he was in The Big Lebowski as one of the nihilists. Oh. Um, he was in, oh, uh, shoot. I want to say, like, a Man, I've got his I, I've got his IMDb. You ready? He definitely was in the Big Lebowski. He was definitely in the Big Lebowski. He was his name was Kiefer. Um, <laughs> he was on The Simpsons. He was on the Ben Stiller show. He was in. Oh my God! This is this might be just great. He was in the 1998 version of Psycho, the one with Vince Vaughn. Nice. <laughs> I don't remember him that. Back to the Future two and three. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. he was. He, He's up in it, man. He played a guy named Needles. He was definitely a good in Heiston. I mean, he can act. He can slap the bass, and he can act. 
<laughs> yeah, he can certainly do those two things. I mean, that's he, it, maybe. But that's he enough. he just had like a good his tone, his comedy, and his tone jived with the environment they had created. I thought right. I thought Shaq was just kind of out of place. Like, I was the, surprised to see Shaq. I liked it. He doesn't fit in with this surprised. world. Right. I mean, what was his real point? I mean, it's like, hey, who can we get that's famous? Okay, can I ask you this? Sure. What year is this show supposed to be set in? Yeah. Um, if it's 1996, then Shaq makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, but it's it doesn't he doesn't look like 1996 no. Shaq. They're not like making it old at all. But the, okay, here's here's my my thing with the, the the era. It feels like a 90s period piece, and there's there's a few things. There is the computer, mm-hmm. which is like old as dust. And I don't really know why that was a thing in the episode. That was that seemed very random, and it just seemed to date the episode like more so than it needed to be. And the yeah. ho- the house feels very '90s. It's not updated at all. Um, like I don't, the way like they interact is very much like a Leave It to Beaver. Like yeah. the main character is very much like a Leave It to Beaver. Oh shucks, oh golly, type of kid. And I don't really know if this is supposed to be modern or a 90s piece. Because if it is a 90s piece, that changes the cameos. For sure. Because then you have to dig into, like, the 90s era. And then that makes Flea and Shaq both even more impressive, I think. Because <laughs> they, they, they fit. in the 90s. Like, right. They're 90s celebrities. But if it is a period piece, which I actually don't think it is, but it just it's just, like, the feel they created with the episode, then... We couldn't have any like current day people on, like any present day individuals, which would be a really dumb choice on their end. And I see, like, here we go with the the premise and what you talked about the cameos. You mentioned like a John Hamm, right? In 1995, John Hamm was probably working at Arby's. <laughs> so yeah, you're not gonna whip up Don Draper cameo and try to mess up no. the universe here. No, I will tell you one person that will probably cameo in this show if it continues, Sasha Baron Cohen, because he is an executive producer on this show. And that would be awesome because he could cameo in like four different characters. Yeah, so he, I think he might be able to pull it off and maybe some other connections. The person that wrote the pilot, um, I don't have his first name. His last name is Nelson. He wrote a movie called Nebraska. That oh, movie, yeah. That movie starred Will Forte. So you have Will, you, Will Forte sorry. in there. You have Chris Parnell. So you have the SNL connection, some SNL people, and you have the the two directors of this episode, which I think is important to the tone, is uh, two people, Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris. They directed a movie called Little Miss Sunshine. Ah, yes. Which, okay, so it has yeah. that kind of feel. Which has Steve Carell, Alan Arkin, people like that. So, I mean, you had, they will be able to mine some people. But, yeah, so the Little Miss Sunshine heist and connection I see is that like I don't know if you remember that movie at all, but they those individuals seemed dated as well, despite living in a modern world. Mm-hmm. Like the little girl's outfit was very like '80s, early '90s style. Like I don't know, maybe this is just like the director's like choice, um, like set decoration and like uh, environment they try to create. I don't really know. The vibe just seemed really off to me for some reason, and I can't describe it very well. Yeah, I think sometimes I would also mention in that vibe with Little Miss Sunshine, like a Napoleon Dynamite vibe almost. Like you're definitely, you're in now, but you're not cool. You don't have money. It's not like hipster irony. It's like, I'm actually poor. My house is actually crap. 
and this is just me like you're getting the person for who they are i think that's the vibe they're trying to cultivate with all these things like this guy's really weird he sees these celebrities and he's kind of like a weirdo and that's it like he has he's not cool he's not handsome he has he's not rich there's no redemption other than you know every once in a while flea or oprah or somebody like puts up a chat <laughs> Well, I guess like the thing with Napoleon Dynamite and the thing with this movie, because I do see the parallels there as well, is that you're dealing with a family that feels out of its own time. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. if you, you're almost dealing with a family transported from an, from another um, time to present day. You just want to emphasize that they don't belong. Not only do they figuratively not belong, but literally, like they're from 20 years ago. <laughs> and really, that's why I think the show is a little tryhard. Like they they try they tried so hard like the computer thing what the fuck is that <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't even have a yeah. key, it doesn't even have a keyboard and Shaq mentions something this is why I think it's not a period piece because Shaq says something like did you check in two thousand and five right like he mentions the past right like, he mentioned not- yeah he he mentions the past as two thousand and five I don't know what what else is it about it that's like the Napoleon Dynamite type thing. I think it's got that low production value. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's just kind of hanging out in it, a crappy house. They it, don't really it, go anywhere. Intentional low production value. Intentional, yeah. It's definitely like the hipster ironic, we don't care, so it's like we care more type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the family members. You have the weird uncle. Yeah, you've got the Revenge of the Nerds uncle who's this wisdom. <laughs> That's very like... Uh, Little Miss Sunshine there. You've got this guy who, you know, everything he says is, like, so wise and deep. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's uncle is really like that. No loser uncle who lives with you and your family is, like, so wise. You know, he was a TV writer, and he went into all these deep things, and, you know. Well, he, he was a TV writer in his head. In his head, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like me. Like he, me. he also wanted to write a novel, but he ran out of paper. Same with me. Right, yeah. And then the other characters, yeah, you, you mentioned Chris Parnell as the dad. Even their dress, like, even the mom's hair looks like she Blame. is in an 80s show for some reason. Right. I don't, you know, I much I much prefer the tone of, like, a Wilbur. Or, not Wilbur, Wilfred, sorry. <laughs> Wilbur. I'm down with Wilbur. <laughs> is that a show? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's been a show. We'll do Wil- we'll do Wilbur next episode. So I really like the tone of Wilfred because it is a it's it very much feels like a modern world, and so we can live in that world with the weirdness of the because the weirdness is that he's seeing people. Mm-hmm. We don't need like the extra layer of weirdness in that right. we can't we can't tell what year it is. Right, you don't need the try-hard weird family. The kid's weird. It's almost better if they're normal and cool and he's the only one weird because then it, it, it elevates that aspect of the show rather than elevating the whole family and trying to make everyone like the star. I would I would have liked it if like the parents were like very successful and normal. Yeah. And, like, and we have this weird kid. Right. And yeah. that would have also kind of had a... That would have also had an extra effect on like the beginning scene where they're trying to institutionalize him even mm-hmm. even if he may, i mean he obviously needs it <laughs> but yeah like it would have made them seem more like assholes like in this it just seems like they're putting him in an institution purely for comedy's sake yeah and it should like it makes sense he would be in an institution with parents like that you know whereas with like don draper as your dad it's like oh why are you weird i'm don draper 
you should be cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is little Bobby all grown up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what did you think of the ty- What did you think of Heiston, the kid that played Heiston? I like the name. I know you mentioned that earlier in the notes about how he was. Um, His name is Lewis Lewis Pullman. He hasn't really been in anything. Yeah, and he he's named after a grandfather who was uh, tortured by his own troops. <laughs> yeah, the war. Um, which kind of leads again into like the explanation of why he's kind of off, and the whole show is a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like the name. I like him. I like the actor, but but I would prefer more of him and the cameos and mm-hmm. what that leads. Like you mentioned, Wilfred. I love things with like an imaginary friend. So. Sixth Sense, Fight Club, Wilfred. Um, I would like this to be a little more in that vein where the cameos are sort of helping the main character go through life or go through the challenge in this episode. Let me just let me just pitch something to you right here. Sure. They do kind of like a a Fight Club tribute episode where Edward Norton is the cameo. Yeah, yeah. Just think about it. That would be great. <laughs> Stuff like that. Whereas now I think you're looking at Who's available? Who's kind of quirky and like Flea? You know, you're trying to. There's only one Flea, so who who are they really going to get? Like Jason Schwartzman? You're going to get all these like. Oh, Schwartzman would, is definitely going to be on this show. Right, like it's that <laughs> vibe. Like, are you going for what? You're going for Wes Anderson when maybe you should be going for more like David Lynch. <laughs> right. Yeah. In w- my opinion, that's just what I like. I like this show, but it was a little too cute. It was a little too cute. I would like it to get a little weird. I feel like this show would have a really dark like episode 13 end of the season twist to it like i feel like it's like kind of it would shape up to have some sort of darkness at the season finale like maybe everybody all all his celebrity friends leave or something and he's where he stops seeing them when he needs them most right right something like that i think would be interesting so let's go through the other characters we have chris parnell playing the father we have, oh, I don't want to mispronounce her name, but she is from things like uh, 24. Let's see what else. Her name's Mary Lynn. I do not Rice know. Rice Cobb is how I say it. Rice Cobb, okay. I don't know if that's right. but I think it's pretty close, but she's been in a whole bunch of comedy stuff over the years. She's been in Marin. There you Let go. Let me pause you right there on her. Okay. What is your opinion on her as a lady? Because <laughs> I like her. I, yeah, I think she's great. I, I Okay, she's in a, she's in Arrested Development as Heartfire, yeah, which I think is from the new episodes of a, of AD. Uh, yeah, I actually really like her. I think she's. I mean, she should be getting like some leading lady roles. She's kind of always uh, pushed. She's to like the, a Christian shawl. She, yeah, she's kind of always pushed to the side as like the goofy person or the goofy friend. When really, she's she's an attractive lady. As so. as is Kristen Schaal, by the way. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think that's Very the 2015 so. model. We have Curtis Armstrong, who is the Uncle Billy and is the strange uncle-type character. We have Kurt Fuller, who is the doctor at the beginning. He's been in a whole bunch of stuff. This is actually kind of like a, oh, co- a comedy, comedy's murderer's row um, in this episode. It really, really has a really strong cast. And with the directors of Little Miss Sunshine and the writer of Nebraska... And Sasha Baron Cohen as the executive producer, you could, I mean, it's no wonder they got all these kind of talented people to do this. Right. They're all friends. Right. Uh, Some really good lines as well. They asked the, they asked the main kid if he's gay 
and he says not yet. Not yet. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, the he hasn't tackled that area of like. No, yet. he says he wouldn't mind breeding in a shed. Uncle Billy says that, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, Talk about horses in the mud and whatnot, animal abuse. Yeah, no, there were some really, really good lines, like good one-liners in this episode. Yeah, it was pretty sharp writing, I thought. Uh, The brother. So I want to bring up the brother because he's, like, the perfect tryhard because he's wearing, like, one of those wolf shirts that, like, Amazon Reviews made famous. And, like, uh, the guy, uh, Zach in The Hangover, Galifianakis. Right, he's kind of... I don't really know what to make of the brother yet. I'm, I'd be interested. And the little sister who just randomly shows up a couple times. They don't yeah. make any, any mention to the fact that they have a daughter, but she shows up randomly as like a guidance figure. Right. I Yeah, those two characters I put a star by when I wanted to talk about. Because first of all, is anyone in reality as dumb as television dumb? Like that brother. Like is... Have you ever met a human who's like an adult with a job who knows how to pay bills and like has electricity in their home? Like, have you ever met somebody so stupid? I hate when TV dumb happens. Like it's a it's a little bit of an overreach. I mean, come on! Like, how could you function in life being that stupid? So, first off, how much time do we have left? We got three minutes in the. Oh, so we have three minutes left. We got three left. Oh, shit. Well, geez, what do you want to talk about to finish this up? Cause... Well, the brother sucked. I mean, he's too dumb, right? Let's just agree on that. Right. He's very dumb. What's and... the point of him? Get him out of there. Let the sister lead if he needs a cool sibling to help him with the cameos and whatnot. So the episode ends with um, Heiston checking himself into the mental mental institution. Is that the correct name for it? Mental health institution? Uh, yeah, I guess. Psych- I really psych- psychi- psych- psychiatric institution. Right. And he, of course, meets a cute girl. He goes right from the door to his first group meeting, meets a cute girl, meets a sarcastic dude who I'm sure is going to play a role, and then runs out of the building, right. even though it's voluntary check-in. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to run at all. Like... So what have they set up here, and would you want the show to continue? What do you, th- what do you think they're continue. building towards here? I think they're building towards him going back in that institution and hooking up with the girl he liked because obviously every show needs a male, a straight white couple to lead it. Uh, So we're going towards that. We've got that set up. I think there's a lot of, like, you've got the sister who's like the wise little kid trope in sitcoms, same as Little Miss Sunshine. I would watch it. I see it going towards... Three things. Can you get, you have the connections and the cast. Can you get the cameos? Like, Mm -hmm. if you can keep those cameos awesome, I think it's cool. I think it can go three, four years and before it starts to suck, like most shows. Okay. What do you think? I've got just a few things I want to knock out before we run out of time. Cool. First thing, the music is a huge issue because that's part of what makes it feel like it's a show not of our time. It does not make it feel modern at all. It makes it feel like, oh golly, oh shucks. (laughs) <laughs> type of like Napoleon Dynamite shit. Right. You gotta we gotta change that. This is where I'd like it to see. I'm I'm kinda stumped on what to think. I was interested to see the critical reception. So I'll read a review before we wrap up here. Cool. But it's somewhere between genius and ridiculous to me. <laughs> yeah, me too. So I think they have to ditch the old golly setting, mm-hmm. the music, and yes. just put the situation in our world and pick your cameos well. Right. That's the key. Him and the cameos. 
That's the key. So IndieWire um, had it ranked third in the new Amazon pilots behind One Mississippi, which they had as an A, by the way, and Good Girls Revolt, which was an A-. minus. That's about, I believe, the fight to vote. Oh, okay. And Variety said, Heiston boasts the most intriguing um, setups of any of the series, which we agree with. It's intriguing. <laughs> it has a lot of potential. And nevertheless represents the least interesting show. I disagree with that. I disagree as well. I think it's certainly more interesting than One Mississippi. I think it's more interesting than One Mississippi or people voting. (laughs) I wish people couldn't vote. Well, we haven't watched any of the others, but we'll just say it's the most interesting of the two. That's it. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's it. I mean, we're we're, uh, right now at about 2730. Okay. Um, I would watch this. I liked it, and I hope they don't screw it up. I would watch a couple more and see if it improved. Yeah, I'll give it five or ten. All right, well, this has been Pilot Study Episode 5. Grimes, give him your uh, plugs. Please follow me at underscore Grimes John. That's it. And please follow me at Chris Lantinen, C-H-R-I-S-L-A-N-T-I-N-E-N. And we have some uh, tw- some uh, Twitter accounts and everything. So on Twitter, we are at Pilot Study Pod. And you can email us at pilotstudypod at gmail.com. You can send us questions that way. You can tweet us questions if you want to get involved. We'd love that. So Don't do forget it. modern vinyl for all of your Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa needs. <laughs> yes, we are on iTunes as well. <laughs> we, don't, <laughs> we don't have any Hanukkah gifts, sorry. We are on iTunes as well. And what's the, what's the other... Um, podcast services what's the one uh, I myspace, we we on MySpace <laughs> we're on myspace we're on overcast which we're on friendster which is the one i use so yeah we're out there go get us cool. and we'll look we'll, us up we will talk to you guys soon thanks thank you